0: My name is Karen. And I'm Kala. Building a
1: community around being a military spouse through the internet and through podcasts. We are not professionals. We don't claim to be. To feel like you have a sense of connection. Uh, Who isn't into dogs though? Just go give them an atomic wedgie. (laughs) Maybe I am a psychic
0: when I
1: come and I, uh, I talk <laughs> on we're yeah. winging it today you guys and that's okay
2: welcome to military wives and filters <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I have been so into food lately mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like all I think about is food
1: yeah it's true
0: I'm so excited for lunch And I enjoy lunch. And then I have a short grieving period once lunch is done. (laughs)
1: It's over.
0: Yeah. I'm (gasps) so sad it's over. And that lasts for about half an hour. And then I'm like, oh, but what about dinner? And then I start thinking about dinner. You know, and this is just like. Yeah. And then there's snack. There's snacks potentially around and around. Mm -hmm. And I went to Costco today and bought way too much food. I bought food like I have like four children.
1: I love it. always be prepared
0: what's your favorite costco items like the ones that i get all of the time regardless how about a few of the ones you get all the time regardless and then a few that have been
1: like recent finds oh oh man so i'm really boring when i go to costco because i mostly stick to um let's see i go in i go into the colder area where the vegetables and the fruit are and i almost always get depending on what's on season I get either the grapes or the strawberries. Yeah, girl. Got both of those today. Yeah, blueberries too because Mio really likes them and they go great on pancakes. And raspberries. And and raspberries. Yeah, those are from like making a cake. Costco has awesome produce. They do. I will say
0: I do really like the commissary, but their produce
1: is poor at best. Every commissary I've been to. So like the thing, just to like take another trail here. The thing with buying a lot of produce at Costco is that, and I'm sure you and John are the same way, but it's like, we're a smaller family. So I can't stand having produce go bad. Yeah. Like cannot. I'm like, eat fruit. Why aren't you eating fruit? Yeah. So I'd rather like (laughs) buy, buy in smaller amounts. That way it doesn't go bad. But yeah, then I do that. Then I go to like the ground Turkey section where I buy ground Turkey. Then I buy the wild caught salmon or some sort of fish and then chicken. Nice. Egg, egg whites? Eggs and egg whites I always buy from yeah. there. And then some of my favorite like indulgences are their. they had a jalapeno lime tortilla chips. Oh, yeah. That sounds like that, you. Yeah, I love them so yeah. much. Like, I wish I was there right now. <laughs> also, yesterday this lady was giving out Belgian cream puffs in the frozen food section. Oh, Oh my gosh. I love oh. how you said that it was just a random person.
0: This lady was giving out <laughs> cream you puffs. You what I'm saying. You know what I mean. <laughs> Not
1: like a Costco employee was doing a free sample. She could have been a Costco employee. She could have <laughs> just been somebody who wanted cream Karen's- puffs and was like, yeah. I can't afford these, so I'm just going to
0: pretend I work here. <laughs> Karen's like, no questions asked. You want to give me a cream puff? I don't care who you are
1: free cream puffs yeah (laughs) i like that a lot and then i always get the costco brand beef jerky the little steak things because it's a really great snack to keep in the car for like you know when i have to go to the commissary and i'm away from the house for an hour (laughs) Um,
0: that's similar to what i get a couple recent finds my costco now has these like cauliflower egg white thin like small little wraps Hmm. those are the bomb i'm really into those okay that's my latest find i really enjoy going through costco's like the area where they have already prepared foods that you just heat up yeah and seeing like the new stuff they have i got like a curry
1: chicken today i'm pretty stoked about i never buy frozen foods like our freezer looks like just meat and some vegetables no this stuff is um refrigerated yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never get pre-made meals. Like, everything is oh. made. At- oh,
0: I love pre-made meals. If I could eat everything pre-made, I would. Yeah, sounds healthy. That's gonna be your new life, Karen. You're gonna have to start shopping I, in that section. I know. Yeah, I got. Joi-
1: join pre-made. the club. I know. I just really don't care for like all the preservatives and all the crap that goes into those pre-made meals. But, but if you have to survive, that's the way to do it. Gotta and do what you gotta do. A girl's gotta eat, so she's gotta yeah. eat whatever she can.
0: Yeah. So. I th- it still runs through my head what Molly said. Feeding family is feeding family. And if that's sure.
1: a Red Bear and frozen pizza, then. The fool's eat. I got a glimpse into like what my life is going to be yesterday. I got like 3,000 steps all of yesterday because I sat in a room all day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That sucks. My Fitbit was like, hello. <laughs> Are you Me- alive?
0: Shall yeah. I call 911?
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know. And then during the orientation, they were like, buy your scrubs a little loose because, you know, you're probably going to gain anywhere from 5 to 15 pounds. That's so, what,
0: why would they say that? That's such a weird thing
1: to say. They, like, scared us straight yesterday. But it was so neat to see the area where I'll be working. Like, they have these dummies that are smart dummies. That's an oxymoron, huh? But (laughs) they can detect, like, (laughs) whenever you you give them oxygen. Like, they have legit oxygen. Yeah. Tanks and they detect like how much they're taking in. They have it looks like a hospital wing, like legit hospital wings with wow, yeah. And they pair up with the police department and paramedics and they do mass emergency, mass casualty. Well, I think casualty is like if you're dead and in the military, but they do like mass emergency situations simulations and then people dress up and it's a legit thing oh for like practice right gotcha simulation gotcha. yeah okay yeah cool nice so I'm both really excited and really scared
0: yeah that sounds about right that sounds normal yeah dude so I went to Costco today and then I went to the commissary so I pull up to the parking area I come around the car, I open the back end and I'm just looking at the bags and I'm like, all right, Kala, this is it. This is what you've been training for. The Rocky theme song was playing in my head. I was like, this is why you work out. This is why you lift weights. But let me tell you, I did it on one trip. I mean, I left non-essentials in the car, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> I do it all the time. With the yeah. Box. Like, well, that's staying there. Like laundry detergent. Nope, that's staying in the car. <laughs> toilet paper staying in the car you know <laughs> basically Until that
1: day when you need toilet paper and it's in the car
0: yeah go yeah so i saddled up i grabbed like what felt like a million bags and i made it in but i i kid you not i dropped the bags by the fridge and i literally just sat on the ground and i was just panting like i had just gotten done with a workout that carrying groceries upstairs like across the freaking parking lot to your house is no joke man dude that's why new yorkers are so thin oh new yorkers seriously no also joke? can you talk
1: about how ironic it is that whenever you go shopping like grocery shopping and then you come home you're just like exhausted yeah of, like, you know the lines and like walking around and traffic and then you get home and you're just like we should just order pizza <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep but i was i had
0: planned i don't know (laughs) i had planned to eat lunch right when i got home what happened to me which always happens to me is like i can't decide what to eat Mm. because i've bought so many things that i want to eat so i just ended up with like this massive just gluttonous not gluttonous but like
1: like three lunches worth of a lunch i taste everything like i open it i taste it then i put it away that's weird isn't it a little bit yeah i remember doing that like with ice cream and like just taking like because it's the best like when you get home from the grocery store your ice cream is and the best it's like in its 20s you know what i mean yeah because it's not melted but it's at the perfect temperature oh i should have bought ice cream today take a spoonful of it and try it so that's when i do it the ice cream options
0: these days at the grocery store is Mm -hmm. off the hook so good. Like, I could just stand in that aisle for so long. Like, I'm at Target looking at clothes or something.
1: I just get, um like, strawberry frozen yogurt. I love that stuff. It's, I know that's it sounds good. super plain, no, but good. it is so good and refreshing. That's what I always get when I
0: go to the frozen yogurt place. I just get strawberry. It's so good. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, last thought. Have you heard of this docuseries, Cheer, on
1: Netflix? Oh, yeah. I've seen it there. I just thought it was a actual show and i was like i
0: don't watch a bunch of girls cheerleading so i think it's new i think it's pretty new one of my clients told me about it because she was a gymnast and then did some competitive cheerleading Mm. and i love docuseries like i love like when you feel like you're behind the scenes so (laughs) it's really interesting because i know nothing about cheering right so it was like cool to learn but like this is not like The cheering you think of like on the sidelines at a football game this is competitive competition they're essentially like they do crazy stunts and tumbling like throwing these girls crazy high up in the air it's insane they get like concussions it's like the price is right like you get a concussion you get a concussion (laughs) that's oprah oh yeah oh yeah that's oprah You get a concussion. Like breaking their elbows. They do tumbling, like these crazy tumbling on just like gym floor. Because my client was like, she's like, in gymnastics, we're on these like spring floors. And these cheerleaders are doing this stuff just like on hard floor. It's really interesting. And I love all the guys on the team because they're exactly how you would think they are. I really like it. You should check it out if you like that kind of thing.
1: I don't like cheering. Like it doesn't do anything for me at all.
0: I have zero interest in cheering, and I really like to the Stocky series. It's like if I were to watch something
1: on curling. It's like behind the scenes, though, and these people are like crazy athletic. Yeah, but for what? For cheering? Like that's where you want to douse out your talent is and your hard work? And cheering? I mean, what's what's like football? Basketball? Like what's the point of that? It's just all entertainment, right? I mean, I guess, but those are actual like legit sports. Cheering, like, as a – there's, like, an end goal with these sports. Whereas with cheering, like, what – What's the end goal? What is the purpose of you? Like, what is the purpose of this? (laughs) What is the purpose of anything, Karen? Well, when you compete with other – with a different team, you're essentially putting your athleticism and your grit, if you will, into this and finding out who's better. Yeah, they compete. They compete. as a freaking premise, like there wasn't a sport that originated from the idea that you're going to make somebody happy, Karen, like by dancing around. They compete with other useless people who have whose time and effort has like no point, no end point. First of all, I can't believe I'm defending cheerleading.
0: Second there it is. of all, second of all, I don't see it as any different than any other sport. If you break it down, like they compete, like what's the point of any other sport? to
1: compete think of it think of as think of all other sports as crossfit and think of cheering as a bikini competition
0: no you clearly have not watched these competitions the shit they do is way more impressive than football basketball baseball like the shit they do is insane insane you should watch I it i don't know insane i feel like
1: Cal's right you're wrong Ha, ha. Come here, Dwayne. I feel like he has yeah. no clothes on. I underwear, I just got back. I'm, like, sweaty. You're in your underwear, but you felt like you should come in well, here? Well, I just heard you, like, smashing, cheerleading. Like, you yeah. know, like it's basically gymnastics. It, it is, is. Gymnastics. It is insane. Dwayne was in his cheer team at school, so he feels like, no, you know, No, he... that's not. <laughs> never, hey. never been that. Never done that. Oh, I've, I've... I've obviously <laughs> never seen, like, a competition because like, yeah. they're, they're crazy they're insane yep. yep. i don't know i'm not sold yet you have never even watched it you don't even know what you're talking about i just feel like i wouldn't like it
0: <laughs> and this is an episode of karen talking about things she knows nothing about
1: oh which essentially sums up all of the episodes we've done together <laughs>
0: so let me John, bring you with me too. John does this to me all the time too like he takes a hard position on something he literally knows nothing about and drives me up the wall
1: I don't know what to tell you it's just the kind of people we are <laughs> nurses <laughs> dang nurses we're like no how do you know you wouldn't like it well I've never been shot but I, I know I wouldn't like that so yes. yes watching cheerleading and being shot same <laughs> category I'm just saying man, we take a hard stance right away No information needed
0: (laughs) You got to make decisions that's critical thinking you got to be fast you got to be quick you got to be confident
1: Reaction you can't really explain it.
0: Okay? Okay, cool. All right. I can respect that
1: I should go work out today. Yeah Yesterday and John and I are
0: gonna work out.
1: What are you gonna do for your workout?
0: Okay? Let me tell you Ooh. It's a 20-minute AMRAP. This mm-hmm. is a street parking workout. Ooh. 10 calories on the Echo Bike, which is the Rogue's version of an air bike. Do you have that at your house? No, but they have it at the one of the gyms here. They have a bunch of them.
1: Okay. So we're going to so go there. Calories.
0: Yeah. 10 calories on the Echo Bike, 3 pull-ups, 6 push-ups, 12 air squats.
1: 20 minutes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, simple, right? Yeah. See? Is that it? Is that all you're doing? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like that a lot. Telling you. <laughs> I never took a hard stance on this.
0: Yeah. Today's, that's Monday's workout. Today's is five rounds, 15 kettlebell swings, 15 burpees. Not going to do that one. Probably not.
1: What are you going to do over the weekend? Edit.
0: Oh, yeah. And Monday, I have to work. But John has it off because I asked him, I'm like,
1: do you my know boss do not care. Do you know what Martin Luther King did, Mio? And he was like, Yeah. He made for white people and brown people to be together. I was like, hmm. That's actually correct. Yep. It's called it's called desegregation. He's like, Yeah, what I said. Oh, to be together.
0: <laughs> now I get what he meant. <laughs> I didn't even get what that meant.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been reading him books for a long time, so I was like, has has he retained any of it? And then like his grandparents sent him an MLK book. And so like he sees it a lot. So I was like, how much has he retained? It's like, do you know? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what is it? He made it so white people and brown people could be together. I was like, yeah, actually. Yeah. Like desegregation. He's like, yeah. What He's I like, said. Yeah. He's like, that's what I said. <laughs> like he can not get to desegregation on his own. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Hey, they say if you're super smart, you should be able to break down any concept to like super super simple so yeah in fact they say that's the best way to communicate yeah, right yeah
1: In like the simplest terms
0: yeah if you can't explain it in simple terms then you don't understand it well enough yeah okay well yeah with that so i think i'm gonna put this on the front end Since that's gonna be up it up for mine and karen's ramblings yes yeah, coming up though yeah so enjoy this interview we have coming up we worked really hard on it
1: all right bye-bye Ciao. Your website speaks to me personally. I know so many spouses that with the recent, you know, Iran run-ins have been under tiptoes and just kind of holding their breaths, if, if you will, you know, we're just wondering like, what's going to happen next? Is, are our husband's going to be gone. Again, and if so, for how long? And if so, you know, what is the nature of danger that they're going to be in? Obviously, this is, you know, a concern for all of us who have husbands who have that potential to deploy. So on a personal level, I, I can tell you that I really do identify and that I and that I find tremendous value in what you guys are doing. I appreciate
2: that, and I I'll have two responses. I, I mean, first of all, it's a hard time right now to be married to someone in uniform. It, not you know whether they are deploying or whether you don't know. I mean, the uncertainty itself is stressful and draining, and everyone expresses it differently, right? Maybe that means that you 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 hunker down and you lay low and you hold your breath. Some people are are you know fed up to hear with things and want to take action or want to speak up or or just want to tell their stories. I think that, I mean, that's really what we're trying to encourage people to do. Just tell your story and the story will carry a lot of weight on its own. You don't have to advocate for anything specific or, or with your story simply, so if, if that's what you want to do, we're, we're providing a channel through which you can do it. But a big, the second thing I'd say is a big piece of what we are trying to do is that that education piece. That's the foundation. That's the okay. the, the biggest part. I mean, it's education around voting, which no matter how you're going to vote, I think we can all agree voting's is important. Um, we just, a lot of us don't know where we're supposed to register or how to even start registering or stuff like that. So certainly the voting is the core. the The training about how to advocate is another piece. But even then, when we're when we're doing our webinar trainings about how to tell your story or how to answer tough questions, none of it's saying what you're so what you're supposed to do with that, right? What you're supposed to say or what you're supposed to advocate for. It's really just giving kind of neutral nonpartisan tools that you can go with what you will. And yes, there is a sliver of our program that tries that, you know, sees this this worldview when it comes to foreign policy and wanting to make sure that our State Department is similarly strong and capable as our military so that we don't so that we use every arrow in our quiver possible before resorting to one of the riskiest and most costly. But I mean that's percentage wise, that's such a small percentage of what we're trying to focus on.
0: Okay, so let's officially kick this off. Today we have Sarah Strider. Did I say that right? Strider. Strider.
2: But it's okay. It's a made-up last name, so it's okay for you to mess it up. When my <laughs> spouse and I got married, we made a new last name that combined letters from each of our former names. So... Oh, yeah.
0: I've heard of that before. <laughs> I mean, aren't all our last names made up when you think about it?
2: At some point, yeah.
0: Every name. Okay, Sarah Strader, Sarah Strader on the podcast. So before we start talking about the organization that you run and founded and recently kicked off, let's hear a little bit about you as a person.
2: Yeah, Uh, so I'm Sarah. I've been married for five years to my man in uniform and we've spent four of those years in active duty military. He is a sergeant in the Air Force and we met in high school when we were both very pimply and hormonal, and somehow our friendship blossomed into some sort of romantic relationship, miraculously. I did not grow up in a military family. So when my boyfriend at the time first told me, hey, I'm going to enlist, I was really nervous. I had a lot of misgivings about how easy or hard it would be to fit in, to find friends, to transition, you know, every so years, every time we move. But I've been really lucky, kind of like you two. I found a friend. I remember the first time we met, and she was the one other military spouse I found that was interested in things like voting and advocating and getting out there to make your voice heard. And it was so refreshing to be like, ah, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. And uh, Her name's Heather. Shout out to Heather.
0: <laughs> she and I
2: met when we were stationed in Nebraska. And Hi,
0: Heather. Woo-hoo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and she's the reason I'm here today. So, Yay. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we're, we're, I like to say we're relatively babies to the whole military space. I know there are a lot more well-seasoned spouses, but we've had a good journey so far. It's been tough. It's, it's really lonely and isolating when you move to a new place and the one other human that you know is your spouse that puts a lot of pressure on that relationship. And oh man, I know you've talked on your podcast before about the unemployment crisis for military spouses. I have certainly personally felt that a couple times. It's it's hard, um, but I'm really grateful for the community that I found, the friends that I've made. I think that makes the difference, knowing that we're all together going through this.
0: All right, and uh, so one follow-up question, something that we always have to know in this life, where did you grow up and where else have you lived?
2: Yes, and I actually have a tattoo on my arm that tells the story of where I've lived. So I grew up in California, uh, right outside San Francisco. Each flower in my tattoo is from somewhere I've lived. How cool are you? I love those. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, So the iris is for California. It was my mom's favorite flower growing up. I went to undergrad in Washington State, so I have a little pine cone there. Yes! (laughs) I got my first big girl job in Washington, D.C. after I graduated, so I've got a cherry blossom.
0: Nice. Uh,
2: and then our first station was in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, so the big sunflower there is for, is for that. Uh, and then finally, I got my master's abroad in the United Kingdom, so I've got a daffodil, which was a flower in, at my school's campus. And so what, what I'm missing is the flower for Virginia, which is where I now live as of June. So What is that flower? Well, each flower is a flower I have a personal connection to based on my time. So TBD on what that flower will be.
0: It could be a calla lily, maybe. You know, think about it. Those are
1: pretty. <laughs> <laughs> really pretty. Except for when we were overseas, like I've always viewed those as such a fancy flower, you know, because they're at weddings. So I'm like, man, those are fancy. <laughs> and Just we like lived me. in Italy and then they were like growing in the gutter. I was like, oh, look at you gutter flower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that. That's more like me.
0: <laughs> well, we recently read an article that was with a general's wife, and she said they had moved 20 times. So how committed are you to this, Sarah?
2: This being the military lifestyle? The flowers. How committed oh, the- are you to <laughs> the flowers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> because this thing could become a whole sleeve.
2: Uh, and as you see, I've left room to grow yeah. both directions. Yeah. yeah, it might go yeah. onto
1: your torso over to the other arm. <laughs> that's smart that you like strategically placed it in a place where it could expand <laughs> i i figured the risk was high yeah <laughs> excellent do any of you have tattoos yeah i have my whole back done nice very okay, cool okay. and then kala you have i have one of on my ankle in yeah. your ankle nice. oh wait was it you that like you got it done and then you came back to the gym and you were like I it hurts too much like i couldn't get it done <laughs> was that you no i got one when i was 19 with my mom oh nice. yeah okay let's get started sarah is from the secure families initiative which um is a project of foreign policy for america right mm-hmm. you guys are a 501
2: c4 Most of what we do is actually C three. It's it's educational. It's all that. When we get into some of the advocacy stuff, yeah, you you put your kind of C four
1: hat on. But and you guys are a nonpartisan organization, and today you are here to talk to us about voting and advocacy and getting involved and having your voices heard. Perfect. That's a good summary. We're done. Just kidding. (laughs) Excellent. Take it away. Bye. -bye. I
2: think it's helpful to start with uh, the story of where I got the idea. Last June, we had just PCS to Virginia, and I had been unemployed for seven or eight months at that point. Uh, I was getting pretty pretty frustrated, Uh, and so when I heard that there was this event talking about unemployment amongst military spouses, I got really excited, and I went. And it was it was a great event. There were a lot of companies there talking about ways that they've tried to hire military spouses, a lot of people talking about how you, the individual spouse, can make yourself most competitive in the marketplace or start your own business, what have you. And it was a lovely event. What I noticed was missing from the conversation was any sort of mention of how we can get involved in the public sector. So the the area of voting and advocating as a way of building collective power as military spouses and families to represent our needs uh, and ways to solve the unique challenges that are facing us. Because there's plenty that we can do in the private sector on an individual basis and And companies can help, but I think it's also important to really engage in the public sector. And so I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had some sort of community that would be built to talk about voting and taking that first step of getting engaged uh, and then taking the next step and advocating as well. Uh, So I texted my friend Heather that I told you about and I was like, Heather, you've been in this world a little longer than I have. Does this thing exist? And she's like, nope, but it should. And six months later, we're making it happen. So Like you said, we're the Secure Families Initiative. Our most fundamental kind of mission statement is that we want to elevate military spouses and families as really important voices in our country's conversations about topics of war and peace. But just most fundamentally, you know, we're constituents of the US and we deserve to participate in that project that's called democracy. So we talk a lot about voting and how important it is, uh, even though I know that with the frequent moves and deployments, you know, it's like the last priority
1: on anyone's list, right? You got to find your doctor. I have to say, it's one of the last things that you think about um, when you're moving. It's, you know, re-registering to vote because I'm, I've am i moved. It's on it. Personally, it's not on my radar when I move. So totally. You got to find a place to live. If you've got kids, you got to find schools. Yeah, no. Priorities. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I
2: get that.
0: Yeah, and then it's like, where do I vote? Do I vote for my home of record? Do I vote where I live right now? And then it's like, oh, this just seems so overwhelming and forget it, you know?
1: Totally. Personally, for me, like, I try try to see which state I'm in and whether my vote will make that huge of a difference (laughs) as it pertains to, like, my own political views. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky, strategic.
2: (laughs) I know. And there are answers out there, but they're kind of hard to find. You got to take time to to hunt for them. So we're trying to make it simpler by 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 coaching folks through. So to answer your question about where to vote, if I could touch on that real quick, if you're active duty, you get to choose. So um, if you're let's say if you're a reservist, if you're National Guard or if you're a veteran, if you're retired, most likely you're living the same place and you're going to stay living there. So you're going to vote local to where you live. You can register there on the other end of the spectrum. I'll say if you're active duty and you're being stationed overseas, obviously you can't vote local to where you are because that's not a place in the U S so you would vote absentee back at wherever your home of record is. But if you're active duty and you're CONUS, you have this choice to make. You can either vote local to where you are or you can vote by your home of record. And There are things to keep in mind as to which one you want to choose, Um, depending on where your home of record is. If that state has special requirements for maintaining residency, uh, so some states are really picky and they have a really high threshold for defining residency, you should probably vote through your home of record just to make sure that your status isn't put in jeopardy, jeopardy. But if your home of record is in a state that doesn't have really high standards and you want to get involved local, uh, which I always personally think is more fun, I've always re-registered everywhere I've, I've lived, then that's a choice that you can make as well. So a lot of it is on an individual level, but I think it's really helpful to talk about what your choices are because they apply no matter who you are.
0: That reminds me of so many things things with military and active duty military like all these gray areas where there actually aren't clear rules and there's all these exceptions and like to deal with like where you file your taxes and do you have to get a new license and all these things and we're always like i don't know like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah whatever i know and if I could wave a magic wand. I
2: think making it more simple and universal is certainly something to aim for. But until then.
1: (laughs) Okay. Tell us a little bit more about your initiative.
2: Yeah. So a lot of things that we focus on in our initiative is the connection between the military spouse and family member life and how it's impacted by decisions over foreign policy at the highest levels because we our lived experiences are the consequences of those decisions. So I don't know about you but when i hear foreign policy it sounds really heady really intimidating it, it conjures this image of men in suits talking about statistics and numbers but you know while that may be very black and white our our experiences as families is like the color it's the texture behind these foreign policy decisions right so we are the ones who understand the consequences that conflicts abroad have here at home and i think that added layer of understanding of what it is to be at war or not is just really helpful information for people beyond our community to hear and to understand because that's how we make really well-informed decisions. The military loves its briefings. I think we should brief our our leaders and our neighbors about what our lives are like so that they can, like you like to say, take a peek behind the camouflage curtain. That's a big part of our initiative is encouraging military families to tell their stories, to talk about what it's like when your spouse deploys and you're left at home to be in charge of taking care of the kids. And that might mean that you have to take a pause in your own personal professional career to talk about what it's like just to have the constant anxiety of not knowing when your spouse might be called called up to, to go and serve. That's just, it's it's an extra layer of understanding that I don't see in Hollywood movies about war, right? They talk about the front lines and I think it's that's so important for people to understand because it's, it's such a unique experience. I want to see
1: more of our storylines popping up sure. there as well and and if you do uh hear any kind of conversation it's usually this very jaded and outdated um representation of the soldier that gets back and you know needs a lot of time to adjust to home life because they have ptsd so like we have a view of that but there isn't like a spectrum to kind of talk about how we adjust to each other and how the family kind of come back comes together and recombines once the soldier returns
2: absolutely no i couldn't have put that better there there are certain narratives that we know well and, and others that we don't i remember really well when so my husband deployed last year it was our first deployment so it was everything you know was new and and scary and i remember uh, about a week or two before he was supposed to come back i had some friends and family members talking to me saying oh my gosh you must be so excited he's finally coming back and i wanted to say Well, yeah, but also I'm anxious and I'm nervous because the transition of going from living apart to living together, it's hard because you get used to your life and each of you has changed in the environments you've been in. And I didn't know what had happened to him when he was abroad, what was going to happen coming home. And so while I think the general public understand, they see like homecoming videos and they love the the wonderful reunion and the positive vibes and all of that is is true and real but it's not everything right there's also that layer of anxiety and and nervousness and 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 that's just more of what we gotta I think talk about okay it's
0: mu- yeah it's much more complicated exactly. so I ca- I've kind of heard you Sarah talk about kind of these general ideas almost like your mission statement but I'm wondering um when you talk about military spouses and families telling their story and you know this finding a greater understanding what what does that look like in practicality how how do you intend for people to be (laughs) how do you intend for these people to be telling their stories and then who is that directed to like who are we seeking to have understand
2: great question and great segue uh It's going to look different for everyone, but I can give tons of examples. So ways that you can make your voice heard. You can write a letter to your editor. You know, local publication talking about how a bill that's coming down the pipeline would affect you as a military spouse. You can write an op-ed that gets published, those are like written tangible ways that you can raise your voice. And and we've already seen a lot of military spouses doing that more recently, and I think it's awesome. I always find those stories really compelling. But also, less formally, I mean, this looks like conversations with your neighbors or with your friends, or even if you've ever volunteered for a campaign, canvassing, when you go door to door and you talk to voters about why you care about an issue or why you care about a candidate. Those more informal conversations have a bigger impact on how we think about policy and how we vote than, than most else. Um, you can do, We can do events. So we're hoping at some point to do events where we get to gather as a community and meet each other and share each other's stories and say, you know, hey, and to, to answer your question about who we're intending to tell our stories to, I think there's two main audiences, right? There's voters and there's politicians, there's leaders. The people making the decisions here and now and which place you direct your storytelling just depends on the moment and it depends on what you're comfortable about See, that's the other thing is the secure families initiative we we're trying to provide and trainings that help you learn how to be the best advocate you can be and what you do with it's up to you because everyone's going to be at different comfort levels maybe you've never voted before and you want to maybe vote for the first time Maybe you're a regular voter and you're ready to take the next step, signing a petition or writing a letter or calling your senator, right? Uh, and then even, you know, beyond that, getting getting more and more involved in more and more public facing ways. I think we're all at, at a different stage of that process. And we just want to kind of hold your hand and help you
0: take the next step. So what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you are kind of basically trying to empower military spouses and families to have their voice heard right especially because we we are very directly affected by foreign policy so we are a population that historically hasn't had our voice heard whether that's through voting or through the other ways you said and because we're so directly affected we almost are the people who should very paramountly have our voice heard is that kind of what you're saying yep Yep. Got it. Absolutely.
2: Good summarizing.
0: Okay. (laughs) Good takeaway. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because for most Americans, I don't know the percentage, but for most Americans, you know, foreign policy or potential wars or deployments or conflicts, whatever you want to call it. They have a very tertiary effect on them. You know, maybe their cousin is in the military, or maybe it'll affect their business in some way, or maybe it'll, you know, it'll affect the economy and it'll affect them. But it's very, very far removed. But for us, it is an immediate effect. So it, it makes sense that we should be people who are at least, at the very least, are able to vote and know how to do that. And at the very least, are able to tell our story and just say, you know, we're not saying one way or the other, but we're just saying this is our story. This is how X, Y, and Z has affected us. And it just should be known.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. And
0: that's because that's something Karen and I have talked about is like, you know, within the military, there is this kind of honor and duty and, and you don't really talk about things. And that cause, does kind of bleed into our life as a military spouse you know we do kind of seem to walk with that as well and that's part of the reason we started the podcast is because we wanted our story to be heard like we wanted we wanted to talk about the things that people aren't talking about so that makes a lot of sense to me and i'm, I'm glad that you guys are, are doing that thanks thanks
2: yeah it came out of this desire of hey i don't see myself reflected in what's out there and if no one else is going to do it Let's do it. And sure. it's really just a project of selfishness that I want to meet all these other cool people. <laughs> and this is a great yeah. excuse <laughs> to meet all of the other super cool military spouses who we have something in common. But we also right. have really different lens through which we see things based on where we grew up and what we do for a living and all that sort of things. And yeah. uh, we get to learn from each other. I
0: think, you, I think you have like kind of the same ideas Karen and I did. We just chose to do it through you know, comedy and talking about this, the, s- <laughs> the, s- the stupid things our husband do, husbands do, and you chose to go in the, in the political route, you know, we're like the same. There you go.
2: We, we play with the cards we've <laughs> been dealt and I <laughs> do not have uh, as many comedic bones in my body as you two do. So,
1: so very important question. Um, yeah. tell us about your puppy.
2: Ah, uh, Leo McGarry. That's his name. For anyone on the podcast who has watched the show The West Wing, we named our puppy after the character who's the chief of staff because he's the president's best friend and our dog, we want to be our best friend. So there you go. Love Leo that show. Leo
0: is Hi. three months old. Three months. Oh my gosh. Oh, I yeah. just want to hug him.
2: <laughs> and he was very fuzzy. Very fuzzy. Oh. He's a labradoodle.
0: Okay. Labradoodle. Very mm-hmm. trendy.
2: yeah yeah my um my friend's mom uh, had a litter and so we got a puppy from her in seattle so if you can believe it and i kept this a secret from my husband for christmas uh so i flew to seattle from virginia under the auspices of visiting my best friend picked up the puppy, and then flew down to California, which is, of course, where we were having Christmas with family. So this poor puppy within, you know, two days of meeting his forever person was on an airplane and several car rides. And then I had the puppy in a box and Jason walked in and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm wrapping your present. Do you want to just open it now? Ta-da! Puppy!
1: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> so have you taken Leo to Roosevelt Island? No, it's
2: It's been really cold lately, so uh, but we have taken him to, this is my favorite, Puppy Parties. So there are a couple places nearby where if you have a puppy within a certain age range, you just kind of stick them in a room together, and it's an adorable puddle of energy and young, youthful puppies just wrestling each other, and it's adorable.
1: That sounds amazing. That sounds like heaven. Also close to that is a place in, I'm thinking Tacoma, maybe Tacoma, Seattle area where it was a bar, but it was also a huge dog park. So you got to like drink a glass of wine or like Prosecco or whatever you drink in the middle of the day and then <laughs> the dog and just have it play with other dogs as you just sit there and drink. Like I, I was like, yeah, yeah, this that is for me. Sounds <laughs> like
0: the life right there.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine my two favorite there? things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know.
0: <laughs> I think I could like break my leg, and if I then saw a puppy, I would be like, "Puppy!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you? You both have dogs, right? Do you have any advice for a first-time dog owner? What definitely not to do, or
1: something that's oh helped? My gosh, just love your dog and walk your dog frequently. Those <laughs> things that i have for you just
0: make them as tired as you can yeah so i got clinton when he was like two karen have you did you have Kane as a puppy
1: yeah he was itty bitty okay. eight weeks old oh my gosh karen i bet Kane chewed up like everything you own he actually peed in my husband's mac and cheese ones <laughs> <laughs> so and Clint- and he ate a light bulb like one of those little plugins in the wall the little tiny ones you know that like little oh. nightlights that dogly thing and, and it was cow. at his level and he turned around he saw it he made an assessment <laughs> he chomped on it chewed on it and kept walking <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you're indestructible
0: thing that dog oh my gosh clinton peed on john twice there it is intentionally right on his leg <laughs> right
2: sometimes they do an angry pee Right. You're like, you, I can tell you didn't have to go. You chose to go because you wanted to make a point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he,
1: oh, yeah. He was he
0: was um, he was making the the line of authority very clear. Mm. The mm. pack, the pack um, order. <laughs> OK, well, um, Karen, do you have anything else? Or else I was going to ask Sarah if she wants to add any any final thoughts, remarks.
1: Yeah, I don't know if she touched very much on advocacy and what that looks like.
2: Yeah, sure, I'd love to. And then I can I can talk about the website, too, so people know where they can go if they're interested. But I don't know about you, when I hear the word advocate or advocacy, it sounds really intense. And it sounds like the kind of person who knows the answers to every question and has their stuff together, when really anyone can be an advocate, right? Anyone can tell their story and push for something that they believe in. And so what we try to do at Secure Families Initiative is provide webinar trainings On different topics in organizing that we think are useful for making you the most effective voice that you can be. So things like the topics like how to tell your story, how to make it succinct, how to make it impactful, how to talk about being in the military to a non-military audience, things like that. That's awesome. Uh, Thanks. Another topic, just runs down the list of what the rules are when you're a military spouse about how political or not you can be right a lot of us feel like well i'm not supposed to be political or i I can't be political and it's a choice for you as an individual to make how politically or not you want to be but we just want to make sure that the choice you're making is based on fact and information and actual rules and not you know, a fear or an assumption of what exists that might not. So we have our training about being political as a military spouse. We also talk about things like what canvassing is, how that works, how campaigns work, if you ever want to plug into something like that, Um, how to write letters to the editor, like I mentioned before. So all of these different trainings are, are meant to be opportunities for us to give information, to answer questions, and for people to during the training, share about their own personal experiences with each one. So if you go to uh, securefamiliesinitiative.org, you can check out our website and see, we've got a tab with the trainings we're offering now. We're gonna offer more in the future. We have some opportunities for direct action if you're ready and and passionate about something, but that's completely up to you. We've got an entire part of our site about that voting piece, where to register, how to register, how to find your polling place, what's gonna be on your ballot. Uh, and finally, we have an opportunity to share your story. So if your story with voting and advocacy is really triumphant, like you want to talk about that time that you drove all the way across the state to make it to your polling place before it closed on election day, or hey, maybe you've got an example of a time you brought your kid with you canvassing because you wanted them to to learn about being civically engaged. Or maybe your story isn't so victorious. Maybe your story is about the struggle that we've all experienced, like, you know, trying to submit your absentee ballot, but you missed the deadline. And so your vote didn't count. Those stories matter too, because that's something that we've all either experienced for ourselves, or we know someone who has. And I think it's really valuable that we all know we're not alone. There's an entire community of us experiencing a lot of the same things. uh, And we're in it together. So all of that can be found on the website. And we encourage you to join if this sounds like It sounds like your jam.
0: So if this is of interest to you or you've been thinking about these things and now you're like, oh my gosh, there's somebody who can help me, check out that website that Sarah mentioned. We'll link it in the show notes as well. Um, So it's there in black and white. How else if somebody wants to get in contact with you personally, Sarah, how could they do that?
2: You can send me an email, sarah.strader, and I'll spell it out because like I said, made up S T R E Y D E R at securefamiliesinitiative.org. You can also find me on Facebook or Instagram. I think as military spouses, we're used to just finding each other on there, whether we've met once or or not even yet. (laughs) So yeah, you can find me on social media too. And happy to answer any and all questions that folks have.
0: Okay, and if you have any (laughs) advice for her about her puppy, she is willing to take that
1: advice from you.
2: (laughs) I'm all ears. And he's all ears too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for coming on and for talking to us about it. I know that you guys just rolled out your website last week and you guys, like you said, are fairly new, but we are extremely honored that you graced us with your time and that you were able to provide us with some education about your, your initiative. And we are all going to go visit your website and check it out and get involved.
2: Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Kala. Thanks for making such a fun podcast. I think it's just really great to have your giggling voices in our ears. So really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) One last thing. You said that you were going to have an op-ed on, was it military? Please remind me of where it's going to come up.
2: We've got two op-eds already. Well, one op-ed and one blog post. So we have an op-ed on military.com. I can send you that link. Um, Please do. And then we also, there's a blog, soldier's wife, crazy life. And we, wrote a guest submission that's been published there
1: as well. I would like to take that as well so that people can just get, you know, different views and from from different sources.
0: Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. Thank you for talking about everything today. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully some people find this useful and find you and your organization through this episode. That'd be awesome. You'd be, you know, influencers in the mill-style space
2: (laughs) with your platform. That's great.
0: Oh, and fun fact. I have a bachelor's degree in political science. Yeah, you do. I remember nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. So funny you so funny that you decided to bring that up right now you're like yeah. <laughs> at the very yeah. end thank you so much for coming on yes. again
0: yes okay have, have a-, a good one bye bye okay we well, you just scared the shit out of me thank you appreciate that I, I only wear sports bras because F regular bras okay Clinton Oh, I just love this dog that's, that's it? it yep <laughs> Cause you said I had to speak the truth, so everything else I thought I was like, nope, can't say that, nope can't say that. <laughs> you are so
2: funny. Are you taking screenshots? I didn't Ale- mean
0: to. It was my <laughs> okay. bad.
2: It's okay. Um, I'll just
0: pose, you know. <laughs> my bad.